All right. So I am super excited um, about the conversation that I'm about to have. I have Sarah and Moses Ihande with me. Yay. Whee! Hi, guys. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> ow. ow. glad to have you guys well before we start i just want to say thank you for your time i know between your busy schedule your five beautiful children and (laughs) and changing the world and being awesome out there so i am very excited and very grateful that you guys could squeeze little me in your schedule so thank you of course we it's our honor and our pleasure we're excited for this conversation thank you I uh, appreciate that. Thank you so much. Now, so how you guys been doing? We are surviving, well, this pandemic. Um, last year, we had a little bug. Let's call, let's call it that. That really yeah. shook the world. Uh-huh. Um, so how are you guys? How are you guys doing? You know, we're living our best life. We're living our best life, you know. Um, and I think some people with that would say, man, what are you talking about? It's, we're going through, the world's going through so much. But I think it all boils down to perspective. Mm-hmm. And God has done a work within us like crazy through all the things that we've had to go through in life, um, which shaped our perspective in life. You know, mm-hmm. this is an awesome opportunity through this time for us to grow um, together as a married couple, as mm-hmm. uh, as uh, parents and as professionals as well. You know, when the pandemic started, I remember um, thinking like, man, God, you know what, even though this is going on in our our world, I just pray that you may elevate Sarah and I at wherever yeah. we are at. And we just speak promotions in our yeah. workplace. A lot of people are getting, um, unfortunately, um, um, laid off because of the pandemic. But God, I thank you that we are going to get elevated during this pandemic. I thank you that we are going to get promotions and, you know, right. which was with, with um, the natural eye, natural eye, you know, that people will probably say like, what are you talking about, man? That's not that's not real, you know, but our perspective in life kind of um, allows us to just see the best in things, seeing a, a bottle half empty rather than half full, you know, right. mm-hmm. um, and by God's grace, that actually happened, you know, um, being at um, Oral Roberts University was, was where I was working um, post retirement. I just mm-hmm. retired playing pro ball like a year and a half ago. Um, mm-hmm. So we were there and I got promoted within the pandemic two times. You know, which was fantastic from um, being an assistant to the athletic director to then being the uh, one of the assistant coaches for the women's basketball team to then being called to be an assistant coach in the NBA with the Indiana Pacers. You know, all of that happened within the pandemic. And with Sarah as well at her workplace, um, she started uh, without having a job, you know, Mm -hmm. then she got a a smaller job um, and then out of nowhere, it just started to boom. God just mm-hmm. continued to um, to just show up. And I believe it started with our perspective, our, mm-hmm. our words, our thoughts, and our belief. Right, right. So, Sarah, did you guys have, did you have, like, a conversation with the kids? Did you have to, to talk about it as a family? Or you guys really didn't do that? Um, we, we're big on coaching. I mean, Moses, mm-hmm. obviously, that's his profession now. I would say a forefront of my giftings is 
to teach. And mm-hmm. so uh, it's a delicate topic because I call it faith-based parenting. I'll be mm-hmm. writing a book about it re- um, soon here, but mm-hmm. it's uh, an approach that acknowledges everything that's happening in the world for exactly what it is so that there can mm-hmm. be empathy and understanding while also not being bound to it. Uh, mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is putting chains on on someone with fear or worry on what could be. And so we know we know from science and also the word of God, more importantly, and science has caught up to it, that when someone approaches anything with fear, it gives a foothold to sickness or to worry or to anxiety and a, a whole other host of cousins that are, you know, negative company, if you will. And so we right. definitely told them that, yes, you know, there is a real sickness out there called COVID-19. Um, and we are proactive with our health, not reactive with our health. So this is the protocol our family will continue to do and up, you know, taking a little bit more of uh, vitamins with this and eating in a certain way that, you know, and so adjusting our lifestyle so that we're not being foolish and we're being mm-hmm. wise as serpents uh, at the same time, not succumbing to something that's in the world because we know that the world can't give us what it never gave us. And it's, you know, our salvation, our love, our light, our joy, our hope. And so, mm-hmm. um, it kind of reminded me, to be honest, this whole time has reminded me a lot of Jesus when he appeared to hit the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, and they couldn't mm-hmm. even recognize him because they were so bound by the worry, the distress of, man, we thought that Jesus was this. We had these plans for that. We thought that he was the, the hope of the world for, for Israel, the Messiah, the promised one. And mm-hmm. uh, he, they couldn't even recognize their own Messiah right in front of them because, again, their mind was so locked up with right. that spirit of fear, worry, and anxiety. And then when they move, were moved with generosity and love, and uh, even though Jesus pretended to go on, uh, mm-hmm. it took uh, it took love and generosity and something outside of themselves to invite Jesus into their home and break bread with them. And it was in that moment when they kind of relaxed and they allowed themselves to be nourished with food, their physical man, and they took care of themselves, that, right. that God opened up their eyes and they were able to see Jesus. And so if we can keep that approach always, like uh, metaphorically, that we're supping with our God everywhere that we go, and that, uh, then it, it's a really beautiful thing, even with, God forbid, dire circumstances that are right in front of us, we can look at it with hope and know that no matter what happens, I've been delivered because my Redeemer lives. And I know it sounds right. spiritual, but it, it's it's how Mo and I leave, live our life. And I believe our children are living witnesses to it, as well right. as even just our own level of joy and peace that people comment on. Now, um, I must say that I'm not often on social media, but when I am and I see y'all's feed, I mean, the one word that always comes up in mind is fun. You guys are having a lot of fun, oh, not yeah. only <laughs> not only with, with each other, but also with the children. And I think yeah. um, sometimes when you do something, you feel like it's the norm. That's kind of what everybody's doing. But not really, right? Uh, not everyone has so much fun. So is it something that you guys intentionally, when you guys were planning your family, you said, okay, we're going to have fun this house. Or is it just nat- <laughs> not, you know, naturally something that kind of, you know, comes out of the both of you? And now that you guys have met, it's on steroids. I mean, it's just tell me yeah. how you guys, yeah. I think um, just like um, it's it's our job to allow the, the spirit of God to exuberate off of us. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that's the same with with us just Sarah and I being who we are, it exuber that fun exuberates off of us, you know, and the kids mm-hmm. just latch on because it's like that's what they see in us. You know, we we're as parents, we are like little gods to our children. You know, mm-hmm. we the, our children see like how we act and we speak and we react. That's their example of, of God. You know, that's why it's mm-hmm. so important that we're so spirit led. Um mm-hmm. but it's like they 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 sense the good time that mommy and daddy have and mm-hmm. how much uh, fun is a, a huge part of, of us. 
that it just mm-hmm. it it just happens naturally. Right, <laughs> and it's right. So it's it's so it's such a good feeling because when you have that attitude of just be having fun, like nothing mm-hmm. can stop you. Like no news is bad news. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. To reverse engineer it for again the, the teacher inside of me for someone who feels stuck and they feel like well I I can't have fun because we have twenty bills that are due by tomorrow and we only can afford fifteen of them or there's COVID nineteen and I have masks everywhere and hand sanitizer and gloves on right. which which again is fine all of those things are fine if that's the way that uh, a family or a couple or an individual wants to approach health uh, mm-hmm. but again in that same hand I think what that person is also saying is is I feel like this is out of control so I'm going to do everything in my control to make me feel like I can. Control something that I'll never be able to control. And I think uh, mindsets in extreme can um, often uh, accompany a sense of worry, which locks someone up. And so when you approach life so lightheartedly or whimsical or with whimsy, with like whimsically, if you will, like with, you know, a light light-footed and, and laughing at yourself and your own mistakes. It's something I have to right. teach the children. You know, if they do something, I encourage everyone to laugh with them. <laughs> and I'm like, we're right. laughing with you, not at you. And like, you got to learn to laugh at yourself, loved one. Mommy's giving you a gift. This is a gift for your husband, for your children. We've got to laugh at ourselves. We can't, right. we cannot laugh at ourselves. And usually in the moment, they're still furrowed, you know, eyebrows and whatever. But eventually as they grow older, they start seeing the value in it. And then I like to point it out to myself, you know, whenever I, I'm like, see, see how mommy's laughing at herself, even though I should be sad that I've got stains all over my, my white outfit it you know and so I try to also mirror it to them too or when I have a poor reaction which is often you know with impatience or whatever it might be I'm like see how mommy didn't laugh at herself 30 minutes ago and it was really terrible for everybody like that's why you've got to learn it quicker than mommy so that you never even have to go where mommy went just now Doesn't it help to already have that type of personality, though? Were you guys like that individually already? I know Moses yeah, is because I've known him since he was like this big. But <laughs> but I've, he's always been the goofy one, the mm. one that gets in trouble for, you know, putting something funny somewhere. Or, you know. But um, have you always been like that, Sarah? Does it help to actually already have that type of personality? So now your knowledge of God and your perception just kind of amplifies it all, you know, amplifies what's already in there. Yeah, a hundred percent. I spend a lot of time talking to firstborns, just psychologically yeah. firstborns can be a little bit more tightly bound and organized and disciplined and rigid and, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. on, on, which is good. They bring a lot of discipline to the table that I gladly grow in, you know, and mm-hmm. learn from them. And I think I teach them how to be more of like a breath of fresh air and relax and carefree and mm-hmm. trusting. And so it definitely mm-hmm. is a proclivity to be carefree and you know, again, light on my feet since I've been a kid. People would describe me as you describe Moses. Right. See, okay. That helps a lot because I'm totally the opposite. Like I had to learn to have fun. Like I had to learn to laugh at myself because I'm very structured, very, uh, I don't improvise. I kind of prepare things. I like order. So mm-hmm. just to, just laughing at your, at myself, it's something that I, I personally had to learn. So, yeah, I think personality helps a lot. But I like what you said at the end about looking forward, you know, when you're older. Because I, I love spending time with, you know, older people. And kind of when you hear them talk, yes, it is true. When you, you, you're like 60 or 70, you don't worry about what kind of degree you had or what kind of business you were able to create. What you worry the most about is how you spent time with your family, what you did with them. Um, So I do agree with you that you should live as if you're already 80 Mm -hmm. or 60 and Mm -hmm. value those little moments that will actually be huge later on in life. So, yeah. 
yeah, totally agree with that. Sarah, if you had to name three things that are essential to maintaining a healthy uh, love relationship, and I can say maybe three things to ma- that you guys had to maintain your love relationship, and hopefully we can kind of generalize that to everyone else. So I should have went with Moses first, huh? <laughs> He's probably grateful I'm going first. Uh, so the biggest thing that, that comes to my mind um, when I feel myself getting frustrated with Moses, I, because we know for sure in scripture that Satan is the father of accusations. He's an accuser. My, my grandpa would always say the second you point at somebody, you have four fingers pointing back to you, your thumb, your middle mm-hmm. finger ring and pinky. So I, I find myself uh, slowing down really like, like honestly, like my brain even will go slow motion when I get upset with him about something. Cause then I have to ask myself, but, and I, and I try to put myself in his shoes and say, but why would he do it? What was, what was he doing in his brain that could possibly be a blessing, you know, for whatever actions it was like, like maybe he'll come home. This is especially the beginning of a relationship. He'd come home with a lot of sweet stuff. So in my brain, I would feel almost offended <laughs> because I'm a, I'm a very healthy person. So I'm like, why would he bring me down to my lowest level of consciousness like you know i'm not trying to continue to but in his brain you know he's being really cute and sweet and bringing me home a treat not knowing that you know sweets are something that my lower level self would eat all day long if i could but my you know where i'm wanting to aspire to be consistently would be not that i mean i don't even identify with this example right now because i think Mm -hmm. it's just ridiculous to be honest but i remember when we were first (laughs) first married i would feel so offended like i felt so unknown by him because Mm -hmm. i'm like man he keeps bringing me all this like sweet stuff and I'm like he's doing it for himself so he can have an excuse to be you know to eat something sweet so he's going to give it to me you know I had all these weird stories going (laughs) in my brain which is you know whether it's true or not it's not healthy it's toxic and so um I started instead realizing, no, the reason why he's doing this is because this is how he wants to receive love. And this is what would be lovely for him. And, you know, he would bring me gifts for me. I'm super frugal. So like, don't ever spend money on me ever, please. You know, that's like my, my take in life. Like don't buy me birthday gifts. Let's put in the savings or pay off, you know, school loans. That's my Mm -hmm. approach, which is uncommon for female, but for him gifts, is his love language. So these are things I had to start learning at a, Mm -hmm. at a young age, being married at 20 to the love of my life is um, people only give what they have. And Mm -hmm. and this is what he had. This is how he's received love in the past. This is how his family taught him what love means. This is how he watched probably his father bless and love his mom. And I'm Mm -hmm. sure he'd see his mom melt the way that that would do it. Um, And my love language, you know, in the way that I approach life is not exact, you know, identical to his mom, obviously, because we're two different individuals. And so as I grew in understanding and maturity through the power of the Holy Spirit, I began to realize no one is ever out to give someone a bad day or to do, to make a mistake or to be mean, everyone's doing their best, whatever that means or looks like. And so then it naturally should give you more grace towards your spouse when they're doing something. They're not trying to irritate you if they're rubbing their feet together or making weird noises, you know, or whatever they're, they're just being them. And most people aren't very Mm -hmm. conscious of what that means. And so I often, uh, I feel like the best way to stay loving towards my husband is Mm -hmm. to believe at my core that no matter what I see or no matter what I hear him say or do, I know it's because he loves me and I need to humble myself and my expectation and stop putting that pressure on him and Mm -hmm. say, wow, thank you, Mo. And even begin doing a Romans four on him, speaking that which isn't as though it were. So let's say Mm -hmm. I came home and my expectation would be that maybe our seven boxes that we just moved to a new home in would be 
put away because he said he'd get it done. But instead, he made dinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I didn't need that in that moment. We, you know, I know that because in my brain, that's what I've been preparing myself. But instead, slowing down, and saying, "Wow, Mo, you took all of this time to make an amazing dinner. Thank you so much for doing that. That took a lot of time and effort." Inside my head, my flesh is still freaking out and mm-hmm. not happy to like, "Are you serious? You knew I'd be exhausted. I just got home from a road trip. That's what my head's still doing." And to me, that's okay. Mm-hmm. I can be human somewhere, but I'm going to crucify it, and I'm definitely not going to strengthen it because what you feed uh, grows, and what you starve dies. And so that's these are ways that I actively practice crucifying my flesh so that I can be a wife that speaks uh, words of life over her husband and a wife that supports and empowers her husband and, and will not give in to the enemy to criticize him or to make him feel like he's not a man or, mm-hmm. you know, any other routes that women are generally really good at. We're, you know, mm-hmm. most women, we're really good at our words. We know how to kind of dice up a man or whatever we want with our words. And so knowing that I try to do my best to not give my tongue over to the enemy okay. in that way. Okay. So that took you time because, okay, I'm trying to, visualize you you're walking in those boxes are still there plus the shoes and the socks and the the t-shirts on the couch Mm -hmm. but he made dinner so um do you i'm sure with time the process of you calming down like you say your brain slows down with time i guess you got better at doing that uh was it easy to do that at the beginning or you reacted a couple times and you had to catch yourself Oh, I still, I still react currently, even though I've been practicing this for years. Um, I have a similar example that is, you know, there's no, no point to share. It's very similar to one that I just told you that just Mm -hmm. happened uh, three days ago. Um, and Moses, uh, I mean, I guess I can share it. Otherwise the context, it wouldn't make sense. He took off all of the cabinet doors off of our kitchen and, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) because he wants (laughs) to, we're we're trying to paint it white. Um, but I had done a lot of research on the process. So Mm -hmm. in my brain, that was something I would take care of and he was going to tackle all the boxes. And so Mm -hmm. that's, that is kind of a real example. So anyways, when he told me, I was impressed with how long it took for me to recover. And I think it's because I was exhausted. I did just go on a long road trip the last two weeks of the kids spring break, driving to Texas. I mean, 15 hours here, 15 hours there, flying to Denver. Mm-hmm. I've just had a long, so I noticed when my flesh has not been nourished well, it's mm-hmm. it's more of a challenge for my spirit, which isn't good, but I'm aware of it with myself and it's something I'm wanting to grow in, but it's mm-hmm. harder for me to, to sink to the spirit as quickly as normal because my flesh is already just trying to survive anyways. And so mm-hmm. when he told me he took them all off inside of me, at least I was active. So I was grateful for that inside of me. I could hear, Oh, Sarah, he was just trying to bless the house. But outside I was like, man, Mo, seriously. It's like, Oh man, Mo. He's like, Oh honey, I'm sorry. I'm so, you know, he was super apologetic and so humble and, and so understanding. But all I kept hearing myself saying, even though the inside of me was like, wow, that was so nice of him to do that. And I, I was already mm-hmm. feeling bad for him. I was, as I was condemning him, but in my yeah. head, I was feeling sorry for him. But out right. loud, all I kept saying was like, man, Mo, like I, I had this plan, sweetie. It's all in our Apple notes. Like, look, it's right here. These were the instructions. But in my head, I'm like, Sarah, relax, calm down. He was just trying to bless you. So I get that all the time. And sometimes my brain isn't even responding yet. It's, it's all mad. Everything's mad. Right. (laughs) right. uh, But that time, maybe because I was so tired, Uh I guess it was, but yeah, it's, I've not arrived. Um, I definitely have improved through the power of the spirit, but I, I definitely haven't arrived by any means, but I think it's just a good mindset to have that, you know, your husband is for you. He's not against you. And we're all the same. You know, we all are doing our best to to do our life and it's easy to think about ourselves and not consider someone else's need and it's okay he'll come home and he'll do something that I might perceive as selfish and that's fine because I did it too like you know we all it's really easy (laughs) to serve yourself before someone else especially when we live such busy lives like Moses and I do with five kids full-time jobs and a lot of professional hobbies Mm -hmm. and so there just needs to be grace and more grace and grace and more grace
So Moses, if you had to, um, let's say, redo certain things in your relationship, when you look back, you guys have been married for 11 years. That's a blessing. You know, if you had to redo certain things, what would they be? I would, I would, I would harp on the importance of communication okay. um, with, with, with your spouse. Um, I remember, <clears throat> excuse me, um, newly being married and um, having to do something. I like, I, I literally have to go do something important, and I would just leave the house to go do it, and I wouldn't even tell Sarah. Oh, you know, and it's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but in my mind, I'm thinking like, it's cool. We, I mean, she, she's doing, she's busy. I'm busy. I'm gonna go do this real quick, and I come home. Mm-hmm. You know, and then she would just, she would, she would be upset. You know, not like angry, but like hurt that I would do that. But I, I really didn't understand why that was so important. Mm-hmm. You know, until. I mean, until we went through an in-depth conversation or whatnot. Um, but I feel like our communication, uh, we had to go through that um, in order for me to realize how important it is for her and how valued she feels when I communicate with her, how loved she feels mm-hmm. whenever I tell her what I'm about to do and how much of a, a part of my life she feels she is, uh, she is um, uh, whenever I, I communicate what I'm doing, where I'm going, you know, it, it, back then I thought like, man, that's kind of like control. Why I always got to tell you, you know, right. but um, it, it took maturity for me to think um, uh, about how it's not about you anymore. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all about selflessness, you know, and in, in, in the word, it, it, Jesus was all, all about selflessness. Mm-hmm. He was a selfless uh, 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 image of God, you know, he was so selfless mm-hmm. and, and we, we're, we, we will never be perfect. No one will ever be perfect. All There's right. only one man that walked the face of the earth that was perfect. And that was Jesus. But our job as believers is to strive to be perfect like him. Mm-hmm. So if my Jesus was, was, uh, selfless, um, so that's, that's how I need to be within my marriage. Because if I do so, there is, there is, there is, um, just prosperity in my marriage, just growth in my marriage. Um, but communications, that one, that one, um, topic that I would, I would tell my younger self. Mm. Awesome. Awesome. So how'd you guys meet? Who wants to, who wants to share? How'd you guys I, meet and who made the first move? You know, I made the first move. Making. <laughs> oh, well. She's very Man, intelligent this girl and she walk. knows what she wants. So hey. maybe she did. <laughs> she, I don't even think she thought I was cute too, man. I, <laughs> but I didn't even care. I was like, man, I was walking with one of my, my best men. So my best, the best man of my marriage, mm-hmm. funny, my, my uh, wedding, the wedding mm-hmm. was Daniel, my, my little, my little brother. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Joshua. So I had, I think I had three best men. And then my, my best friend, Yemi Ogunye, he, we played basketball together at Oral Roberts University. Mm-hmm. Uh, amazing, amazing individual. Um, but I remember walking with him on campus and then I saw Sarah um, and I, I just saw her and it was like, my goodness, <laughs> how, how, th- did you fall from heaven? <laughs> let me catch you. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, let me catch you. She was just so beautiful. Um, and it was the beauty that caught me. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't until I finally had a conversation with her and got an opportunity to hang out with her that I, I realized that, oh my goodness, her inside pretty is even more gorgeous than her outside pretty, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and that's what drew me to her. Um, but to answer your question, I think I made the first move because I, I, I had the boldness to like, I, I came up to her mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm pretty sure a lot of athletes <laughs> came up to her and like, man, because she's gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I think I poked her on Facebook at the first time. <laughs> you know how you can like. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I poked her just to say hey. You know? um, um, yeah, I just I just had to operate in boldness and yeah. you know see if I could 
catch a yeah. fish. <laughs> well, you know, knowing you, I have a feeling even if she wasn't interested, you would have tried, keep, keep on trying until she said yes. What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even, I mean, our first date, our first date was, she was tricked. <laughs> She was tricked to go on the first day. <laughs> oh, my God. Were you scared, you Sarah? That, Sarah? Were you like, oh, my God, let me get out of here? <laughs> uh, I wasn't scared, but... And so, um, but somehow Mo worked his way into the picture and there was a girl that was my friend who had a quote on his, uh, a crush on his, no, actually she didn't, but he, uh, his best friend had a crush on her. And so I thought, well, let me help him out. And I think that, you know, she might come around to him. So I set up a double date with them thinking that, you know, oh, I'll go with Moses. I knew Moses had a crush on me, but I was doing it for that girl thinking, you know, I'm just, you know, going to help. And then when I go to the, his Tahoe and no one's in there, but us. Then I was like, oh, my Lanta, wait a second. And suddenly I'm like, I got set up, didn't I? And he kind of started laughing. And um, I wasn't very happy in my brain. When I'm listening to the both of you, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like none of you change something about yourself to impress the other. I have the impression that both of you came towards each other very authentic with who you are. Um, am, I, am I getting this correctly? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm very unapologetic. Okay. And I would, I would argue Mo probably wouldn't use that word because it's um, he's not as calculated as I am, but he's just right, always him, right. you know, thought he's thoughtlessly himself and I'm thoughtfully myself. Yeah, And I, and, <laughs> and and so, I, 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 I the yeah. reason why I said that is because a lot of Christians or even non-Christian, whenever they want to approach someone that they are interested to, to date, they feel the pressure to, you know, maybe better themselves or present something that's not real, you know, just for the sake of yeah. impressing or giving. I mean, all of us, we want to portray our best self, right? But it's not good when it gets to the point where you're changing a little bit your personality, you're changing. Like, for example, you know, he played the same music that he usually plays in his car. He didn't change it because you were coming in, right? But maybe another guy would have put, I don't know, Mark, Martha Munizzi or somebody, some gospel singer to sure. impress you. Yeah, so what yeah. would you guys, and wh- whoever wants to answer can go ahead. What would you guys tell someone that, that's, you know, wanting to date somebody and they just have that pressure that, well, would this person really love me? Do I need to kind of embellish myself a little bit, you know, to be accepted or to be loved? So- uh, women, you're created to be mm-hmm. loved, to be known and to be pursued. Mm-hmm. And so if you if you come showing up to social media or if you come showing up to church or you come showing up to uh, an event, whatever that might look like in your life or Mm -hmm. to school, dressing and acting in in any other way that's contrary to who Mm -hmm. you are, then you're going to attract somebody who will never love you for who you are because they never get to see it. And so I would I would call a a call to women to wholeness, Mm -hmm. to first holiness, Mm -hmm. to remember they're a temple and they're to be treasured and the most treasured things in a house, they're locked up with, you know. Uh, with the key on purpose as in your body is holy so it shouldn't be just there to show people because that's your treasure it's your gift and so a physically mm-hmm. remembering that holiness but then uh then emotionally and physically in, in other respects mm-hmm. to remember your mm-hmm. wholeness with a w-h-o-l that that uh you want to wholly present mm-hmm. yourself and not using filters even though i know it feels good in the moment to have a pretty filter on there but what happens is you begin painting somebody who's not real and then God forbid you meet somebody in person and then there's this disappointment and then you're already hurt and you guys haven't even got a chance to get to know each other. And so practice just embracing yourself fully and saying, man, I know I thought my cheekbones look better this way or my skin color or my hair with this, Mm -hmm. but let me just try to practice being myself just even for three weeks. 
And, and it's amazing how quickly you'll fall in love with yourself as much as you begin to understand how much God loves you for who right. you are and not for who you're trying to be. And so I often remind myself and our four daughters that we have everyone in the world has their own fingerprint for a reason because God loves the differences and your husband will love your differences. He'll cherish mm -hmm. them and it'll be what attracts him. But if he, if he never sees them, then he'll never be able to find you because you'll be yeah, hiding. Yeah. And then you're delaying things that that uh, are actually against what you think you're right. doing. <laughs> you know, you're, you're, you're changing so you can get something quick, but it's actually delaying it because he can't see you. You're hiding, right. you're in a mask. And so he, he'll never be able to recognize right. you. And so embrace yourself and love the life that you live and do it confidently. I know um, Moses, for you, that's like she said, Sarah said earlier, for you, that's, that's natural. I mean, you, you, who we see is who you are. Um, but, but what would yeah. you tell a, a brother who has the pressure to, or feel like they have to always be different to impress someone because I know we are in a world where some women also make the first move <laughs> I know that uh, but most of the time men are the one who make the first move and it's hard to make that first move you know um, you hit it right on the head like the, the what people would do like the majority they would yeah. pretend you know to try to gain that respect to gain that likeness well, my advice to my my um my brother would be, be different. Okay. You should run away from what everybody else is doing, and you should stand out in the crowd by doing the total mm -hmm. opposite. Right? Uh, I would say be un unapologetically mm -hmm. you. You know. And with that being said, that 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 shows like courage. It shows right. boldness. It shows that you're different. And it creates uh, um, an attraction, you know, that there's chemically something happens whenever you, you're, right. you're yourself. And that's why I make it a point to be myself no yeah. matter what, even even in my profession as mm -hmm. an NBA coach, like they got, these guys, I'm coaching yeah. millionaires, you know, and these millionaires, they drive expensive cars. They have a lot of money. They have, you know, they they speak different, mm -hmm. they, you know, but with me, I see myself as. Uh, uh, strategically placed in si this situation to be different because it's going right, to create change, right? right? Um, and I, I see that, I say that because it's the same thing with, with you know, going, going out on a limb to, to, to reach out to a girl or to, to just to, to mm -hmm. be yourself because um, by you being yourself, I feel like you give God room right, to move, right? right? right. Um, I mean, because God created you. He created you in his image. He created you the, the perfect way he wanted you to right. be created, which means that will that way will attract the perfect right. woman. You don't want to you don't want to uh, act some type of way that's that's um, uh, a fake. Get into a relationship and then she figures out how you mm -hmm. truly are, right? And who you truly are, and that just ends in mess, mm -hmm. right? But think of think of it as when whenever you go into this relationship, you're yourself, and that yourselfness will sustain your relationship, and it will sustain and move you towards the um what's even what's even greater than that relationship right. which is a marriage right. that's awesome it's i so love good. that i really love that and it's really a struggle and in different areas not just love relationships sometimes just f even friendship you will have some 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 people that will have a hard time to just be themselves because they feel like they're not going to be loved or accepted or even seen um, so I, I, I really appreciate even what Sarah said earlier. If you're painting the picture of this person, that's who that person will marry. They're going to marry that picture. They're not marrying you, <laughs> right? And, and, uh, and yeah. as soon as you guys get in, into your intimate you know, moments or your, your life together, the real you will pop somehow. 
uh, I always say it's so hard to act all the time. It's it's exhausting to be someone that you're not. So I won't I won't point. Mm-hmm. You're gonna get tired, and the real you is gonna come out, and then it's gonna be like, "Oops, yep. who is that?" <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So yeah, so I really <laughs> I really appreciate that. Now, so let's let's talk a little bit about the dynamic um, that the both of you have because um, you guys married uh, someone from a different culture. So I thought that was that was very mm-hmm. very cool. Now, um, I'm going to start with Sarah. Uh, what are the, um, let's say, the misconception about the culture that you marry into? So did you have friends that were Africans before you met uh, Moses? If yes, or maybe not, but did you have like an idea of what you know africans are like and when you get married to him you were like oh that's not what i thought this will be i don't know does that make sense what i'm asking yeah my yeah. my dad it does uh-huh my dad um he spent all of our anything extra mm-hmm. on traveling so by god's grace i had been to probably 18 i think i counted countries okay. by the time i was 18 and going to oral roberts and so oral roberts is a very diverse it's like a third local a third nationwide right. and a third international so I, I, I automatically had friends from a lot of different places, but I had a, a whole group of friends from Africa. They mm-hmm. probably were my closest friends uh, that were from just other, you know, small countries in Africa or areas. And so um, in my mind, without consulting anyone and with no really foundation for this thought, other than people that I love that were older in my mind, I think that I thought that when I would meet Moses's parents, Moses's family, that um, that I would get to learn so much because I'm such a mm-hmm. huge, huge student. So I was mm-hmm. so jazzed up that his dad had a um, a history, a testimony, a powerful testimony mm-hmm. out of the occult into mm-hmm. um, Christianity and that he was a pastor because I'm a theology major. So I'm like, great, I'm going to ask so many questions. I'm going to learn so much and get into yeah. deep conversations. So I was super jazzed up. I thought this is great. It's another culture. Right. I can't wait to learn languages. And so I remember going there and asking all of my questions and very quickly finding out that it came off as controlling mm-hmm. or just not welcomed, at least at that point in time, mm-hmm. because I guess as a female, maybe, and maybe it also meant because I was his spouse, maybe that was even mm-hmm. extra disrespectful. It came off, I guess, as me looking like I was trying to control, I think was the word, or um, I don't, I'm not for sure, but it wasn't a, okay. a, a beautiful thing. <laughs> me wanting to learn all of these things. It was seen as like mm-hmm. negative somehow, because I think maybe I was supposed to be quiet. I don't know, I guess I've not really looked into it or thought much about it. I just knew it was not right. a good, positive thing. Um, even though my brain, you know, we were raised to ask questions and it's how you show respect and to honor elders. And so anyways, it just was a difference of a okay. world view. And so I think that that was, um, I think I felt sad and suppressed, maybe oppressed uh, at that thought, but it wasn't like overarching because I am like sunny side up mm-hmm. if I'm an egg, if you will. And so, you know, I choose to focus on a lot of positive, loving things. And so I was very grateful to see that they fast more than they (laughs) ate and uh, they loved God. And, you know, uh, they were people of prayer and had powerful stories. And so, um, you know, I, I know for my own self, I don't have to look too far in the mirror to see that I might have the spirit of God in me, but yet my flesh has things that does not line up with it, whether it's a tradition of mine or whatever else. And so, um, you know, I don't know, I have, I think God has given me a gift to have a lot of grace. And so it it wasn't something that was, that was, you know, like a terrible effect or anything. I just noticed that. And it was something that I Mm -hmm. shocked me, I guess you could say. 
and confused me a little bit. Like I'd ask Moses questions like, I don't know, honey. Like, wait, what do you mean you don't know? How do you not like, and then he'd get mad at me because he thought I was mm-hmm. like maybe getting upset at him. But I just ask a lot of rapid right. questions when I don't understand. And so like, wait, what do you mean? You've never asked your dad? That? Why wouldn't you have asked your dad that? Like, yeah. how, how do you, how do you not know this? But again, these are like sincere questions. But when you first are getting to know me, it might sound like I'm being, I don't know, mean or unreasonable, but it's just how I, I learned, especially at that mm-hmm. time and that point of time. And so anyways, I began to learn that the children with their parents are much different oh, yeah. than how I was with mine um, in African culture with questions and learning and it was perceived differently and disrespectful and so it could be just that family unit or maybe it's just African mm-hmm. culture in general I don't know but yeah that was Absolutely. something that stood out what about you Moses <sighs> about her culture yeah. and her background background uh, well, she obviously, Sarah, she's Caucasian mixed with, uh, mm-hmm. well, German Caucasian uh, mixed with Guyanese, um, South America. Mm-hmm. What's Indian? Yeah, from, yeah, yeah. South India, whatnot. Um, and it's, I would say it's pretty, not close to the, the our culture, but it's it's different. You know, it's okay. different as in, uh, you know, the, the man is in the African culture is more dominant. Well, dominant, not in a demeaning word, but like more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, has a louder voice. Has Yeah, has a louder mm-hmm. voice than, than the woman, um, which mm-hmm. I do not mm-hmm. like, right? So uh, I, I tried my best to to steer away from that uh, because I've, I've noticed, because just yeah. from the African culture and then seeing um, her parents and how they interact and her side of the family, it was like, Huh, this right. I, I want this in my marriage. You know what I'm saying? Just picking and choosing uh, the difference that I okay. see that would be beneficial to our marriage. You never felt the pressure to marry in your own culture? I honestly, I honestly okay. did not feel the pressure. You know, I was around mm-hmm. uh, Congolese mm-hmm. my entire life, you know, with church. And, um, but I think that what kind of um, deterred me, uh, deterred me a little bit was, you know, I was always traveling around, mm-hmm. the, around the U.S., you know, meeting new people, mm-hmm. going to school, an American school, um, having American friends, different mm-hmm. ethnicities, you know, and, um, you know, it's just, it, it is what it is. You know, I've had um, girlfriends that were, you know, white. I had girlfriends that were black. I had mm-hmm. girlfriends, a girlfriend mm-hmm. that was Asian. I had a girl, you know. Oh, wow. Just, well, those I, girlfriends, just, I just saw many? people as people. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> they were just one person, you know, they were just. <laughs> That's a, for another time. <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh gosh yeah but i think i, I just i mom and mm-hmm. i think mom and dad did a great job with just letting me know hey it's your life moses mm-hmm. and we'll support you in whatever you do you know um and i don't know if deep down inside they were wishing mm-hmm. that i married a congolese um but um i think i just i just didn't feel that yeah, pressure yeah. i felt i felt the freedom. Yeah, i know your parents i think the most important at least for them if i may say probably just a woman who knew god a woman who feared God, I think that's... Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so any challenge um, today still after 11 years, any challenge that you guys are experiencing because you are from different cultures or you guys were able to completely erase that um, in your marriage? Does that make sense? Yeah. I have a challenge, <laughs> Moses. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> I... you, you may need to press pause. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> He, he stays up super, super late and it just would mm. bug the nuts out of me or is that the right way to say it? Bug the heck out of me. 
Um, even though, I mean, we were, we're night people, my family, but that means like that meant now I'm laughing because this is like so early in my head. Cause I've obviously gone to his side, but, um, 10 30, like, you know, we'd be up till 10 30, whatever. Then all of us were asleep. And in my childhood years, it just felt very orderly. It felt safe and it felt responsible. These were like word mm-hmm. associations with how it felt. So when, it, when it, we, him and I started getting married, not getting married, when we got married and I began to settle into my new life as a 20 year old, it just felt chaotic, disorderly, irresponsible. I mean, he'd be up till like super loud on the phone at three in the morning with whatever relative <laughs> and uh, talking like, loud mm-hmm. and just really loud. Yeah. And I remember going to his house and everyone's yelling, but they're just communicating, I guess. I can see that. It was so loud. Everyone was super loud, loud. And into my in my mind, it just seemed so chaotic and disorganized. It was it was overwhelming for me. And it it almost even put fear in my heart at that time, because, again, I was super mm-hmm. young and I was a lot shyer. Um, and so it just I remember feeling overwhelmed mm-hmm. and not hopeful for just how loud. And again, these are just my word associations now that we're past that. And I think on our 11th or year or so of marriage, um, I am. I, I understand it more and I've, I've kind of joined. So now I'm the person that's on the phone at two in the morning, it seems, but I, I don't love it. And I don't, I don't prefer it. I wish that we would modify that. And I wish we would break off of that. I, you know, I've read tons of studies at this point now where things happen in your body that are so critical, like from 10 to 12, that mm-hmm. only sleeping during those hours, you'll, you know, the part of that, part of your liver, your pancreas, whatever pancreas, whatever it is, can get repaired. And once you miss the boat, sorry, folks, then, you know, from 12 to two, it's another cycle that sets in. And so I don't think it's healthy. And I, I look at it, you know, blown out people that I know that stay up mm-hmm. consecutively so late. And I, I'm not, I don't love where their health is at or what their life, you know, these, these just these random phantom people in there that I'm thinking about, you know, and so anyways, but then I, I see other people that are healthy and they're going to bed sooner and whatever. And so I don't know, mm-hmm. and it could be because I'm looking for it, but it is a current uh, place in my heart and mind that I've got to uh, take breaths and, and say, it's okay. And I think that I yeah. handle it a lot more graciously, but I still, I would say even weekly and bothered by his work habits of like cleaning the closet at two in the morning. And I'm having to put like eye things on my <laughs> eyes and earplugs in my ears. And it just feels in my brain unfair or not just. So I have to, I have to actively ask God to help me not fall asleep in bitterness. Cause we know compounded, it turns to negative right. stuff in 10 years or whatever. And so I, I have to say, God, you know, help me not feel bad for myself. Help me to like think that this is normal, that I'm having to do such dramatic things to just go to bed at night, you know, anyways. And so, but it is something that I'm not pleased with. And I I hope that Mo and I can communicate better and figure Mm -hmm. out what to do with that. Um, And I'm trying to grow an understanding with it because I know we all think we're right in our own eyes, but that's something on my end. What about you? Moses, Hamdi. Something that I'm struggling with. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Lay it on me. Let me go into mm-hmm. my big full bag of uh, just one, tricks. just one, though, not just all kidding. of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I'm just. I would probably have to say, but I mean, it's not her problem. It, it's really mine. Ah, <laughs> uh, you because... know, I know what he's gonna say now. <laughs> uh huh. I'm super organized and clean. Jk. Like she she's so inside focused and not worried about what people think or how people view you or whatnot um so but my main thing my pet peeve is when i'm somewhere say like they're they're meeting me for a game you know we're mm-hmm. tomorrow we're playing <laughs> chicago bulls and she, she has the kids and they're bringing she's bringing them to the game and then the kids just show up with <laughs> one of the kids has like a uh, uh um, an old skirt on with snow boots and it's it's, it's so 90 cute. degrees outside it's 
and she has a big jacket on and there's stains all over. And then one of the other kids, Sayla, she has bountiful, beautiful hair. Everybody's hair is semi-done, but Sayla looks like she just hopped out of a a, 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 play. a, a dryer, you know, with her hair. Um, and then, you know, just, just and, and, and I say again, it's me because I'm so like image, mm-hmm. not image based or yeah. focused, yeah. but I, I like looking good. I like um, wearing nice things. I like, you know, just, you know, because mm-hmm. I, I feel like you're your that own billboard, true. really. When people mm-hmm. see you, that's, that, that's, that's mm-hmm. what they, they, it's what they perceive, you know? Okay. He's a clean person. Okay. He's, resp- he's not necessarily responsible, but like yeah, think disciplined that. or, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and if I'm that way, I would like my children <laughs> to be that way and my wife to be that way, <laughs> but it's not a knock on Sarah because she's just right. trying to do the best she can. She's watching five kids and yeah. having to get them ready and meet me across the town, you know? So, um, if there was something yeah. I had to pick, it would, it would, it would be that, um, I can't believe you chose that. I thought you'd say because I'm not like you know organized or getting the the house super clean like how you're so good at that. I figured that oh. would be your go-to. That that could be one, but I, I would I would say the other trumps that you know because wow, I'm such I'm impressive. such a you know I, <laughs> Sarah married good Nike. I, my mom my mom raised me yeah. right because I, I'm a husband that and I'm gonna bolster myself a little bit. I'm a husband yeah. that <laughs> loves to clean. I love doing dishes. I love doing uh, uh, laundry. I love folding. I love uh, um, just right. making things, sure things are in its place. I, I love, you know, just working, you know, right. and making things look good. Um, and that, I, mean, I think it that's is. a gift yeah, for good. a wife, you know? <laughs> it's a gift for this wife. <laughs> and on and on um, I'm not gonna <laughs> abuse your time I really appreciate um, your time answering all my questions and I think we shared a lot of um, very insightful um, topics and, and I really hope that everything you guys share will be a blessing to someone so thank you so much mm-hmm. yeah you're welcome oh absolutely, absolutely. For listening i surely had a great conversation with sarah and mo i've laughed and learned so much from them they are an inspiring couple and i really wish them the best now i wanted to also thank everyone that has been supporting this podcast uh, whether with a comment uh, rating it or even your financial support so thank you again and until next time Keep having some mindful conversations.